0: Welcome back to the Midweek Podcast. It is a blessing to share this time with you. As always, I'm joined by Pastor Brent Bullard.
1: Ah, thank
0: you. Thank you. And uh, today we have uh, the special joy of um, getting to share this time with Chris and Molly Elliott. Y'all, thank you for being here. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for having
2: us. I'm glad to be here.
1: And the yeah. fact that we would request you all to sing a duet for the first time is just uh, just incredible. So yeah. Thank you for your willingness. Yeah. Special edition. Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen till the end. Yeah. Listen till the end. Yeah,
0: well, thanks for, for, for being here and, and sharing some time with us. Um, we do know, or some of us know that um, this is uh, this coming up Sunday will be your last Sunday here with us at Grace, and so before we get there to that sad news, we'd like to we'd like to go back a little bit and talk about how first how you guys came to know Christ, and then we'd love to know how you ended up here and and some things about that. So, Chris, if you'd share first mm-hmm. how you uh, came to know Christ and a little bit of uh, your story there.
2: Yeah, so um, I was lucky enough. I grew up in a Christian family. Um, my parents were awesome. Um, and I've, I'm the fourth of five kids. And so I had a really good example uh, set before me for my three older siblings. Um, and it's funny, I was talking to somebody yesterday just saying how when you grow up in a Christian home, you can almost take that for granted. Mm-hmm. And uh, your Christian life almost becomes more of like a ritual habit as opposed to, you know, a personal re- relationship with Christ. And um Sports were a big part of my life. I was lucky enough to play college basketball and and in high school and in college, you know, I kind of found myself slipping into more of a um Christianity just being like a checklist of just like, you know, I wasn't doing this, I wasn't doing this, I was doing this correctly, and like that was kind of it. Um and then I told people I kind of wore God like I wore a suit. You know, you pull suits out at weddings when you're celebrating and funerals Mm when times are hard. And Mm uh, when times were hard in my life, you know, I was praying like God helped me when things were going good. I was like, Oh, God's blessed me. But everything in between, I was just like, you know, I I've got it. I don't really need anybody else, you know? Hmm. Um, and so, uh, went through some tough, tough stuff in college with basketball with injuries and stuff and kind of hit rock bottom. And, um, that was kind of when I saw like, you know, trying to do stuff on my own, this is where I've ended up. And so mm. really, I remember my in between this, uh, the summer in between my junior and senior year really surrendering, um, to crash and just being like, all right, like you need, you, I need to give up my life and let you kind of take over. And, um, I went on a mission trip with athletes in action. Um, and uh, that was that was really life changing for me because we dis- we did a mission trip, but during that time, that staff and that coaching staff discipled to all of us players, and um, and it really just kind of showed, like especially the idol, the idol I made basketball, you know, and it really, like one of the lines they really kind of. Um, really stressed to us is when a good thing becomes a God thing, it becomes a bad thing. Mm. And that like has still stuck with me where basketball and other things, they were good things and blessings in my life. And i turned them into a God and Mm. it ended up, you know, temporarily kind of throwing my life off course. And so, um, and so that kind of leads a little bit to how I ended up in Nacogdoches. I, you know, played college, was injured a lot, um, because of that wanted to get into athletic training. Um, My athletic trainer was a really good, like, personal and spiritual mentor to me. He's a solid Mm -hmm. Christian, and um, so he kind of pushed me in the way of athletic training. And So as soon as I was done in 2016, I got accepted here at SFA for grad school and uh, moved out here. I thought SFA was in Austin, Texas, so (laughs) a week week before I moved here, I realized I was going to
1: a town I'd never heard of,
2: and so... Uh, they do call
1: Nacogdoches the Austin of East Texas. right? Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, I'm going to skip a little bit ahead. Um, and Molly can kind of fill in the gap, but, uh, we, um, I met Molly kind of during my time in grad school and, uh, we got married. Um, and then she moved out here going into my last semester of grad school. Um, and then we were like, yeah, like I don't think we're gonna stay here. And hmm. that was five years or three or four <laughs> years ago. So and we're really happy we did.
0: That's awesome.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Molly, how about you? Where um uh, what's the kind of the beginning of your story and how did you come to know Christ?
3: Um, well, I knew Christ at a very I would say early age. Uh, my dad was actually a worship leader at our church. And so mm-hmm. um we were at the church constantly, all day, every day. I don't remember a day as a child not being at the church. And so Basically, there's one thing that I like remember encountering. It was my sister on a Sunday. She was worshiping and her hands were open. And I looked at her and I said, Why like why are your hands like that? What are you doing? Yeah. And she said, I'm surrendering to the Lord. I'm giving everything that I have hmm. to him. And I want him to know that it's all his. And yeah. I remember thinking like I want to live like that too. Mm. I want to know what that is. I want to live like that. And Mm. just so happened that there was a prayer, a prayer, like a come to Jesus of like, if you want to give your heart to the Lord, like this is the time to do it. And so it's kind of like all that kind of threaded together. And as a kid, I didn't really know what that truly, truly meant, but I knew that I was surrendered to the Lord. And so that was just kind of like my moment of, I want to be like my sister. She was a great example to me. Mm-hmm. I'm one of 10. And so she was the oldest. She kind of raised me. She was the kind of the one that was always there because I was 10 years younger than her. Oh, wow! Yeah. And so from that moment, I just remember being really drawn by the Holy Spirit and just kind of always wanting to follow that path. Of course, I had times like Chris mentions where you kind of fade in and out of like, Hey, yeah, I'm, everything's good. I don't really need the Lord, but it always came back to this Holy Spirit just always burning in my heart. And so I feel like through high school, through college, all of those things, I never felt distant from the Lord. Um, but again, like Chris, there were seasons of just being a little bit distant. Um, and so, I went and played college out in um, college soccer in Nashville, Tennessee, and um, ended up tearing my ACL. I went through many injuries. I've had seventy surgeries, and so oh, that's kind of been yeah, <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> been a big part of my story of. I felt like soccer was my all in all. And then all of a sudden it's like stripped away from me and stripped away from me and stripped away from me. It's like as soon as I would get to this point in the game Mm -hmm. where I would be like, I'm starting the, I'm starting, I'm getting everything that I wanted. It was like, no, like this is not it. And so my -hmm. senior year ended my career in college and I just felt like I was at an all time low. Mm -hmm. But then I remember one of my coaches, he said, we still need you to show up. It's not about what you're doing on the field. It's not about anything. We need your courage. We need your bravery. We need you out there because that's what you are. You're the example to the team. Mm. And so I just remember that kind of settling in going, oh, there's more than my contribution on the field. Mm. And it's what I'm doing off the field as well. And so um, I just remember that kind of being a turning point. And then I met Chris soon after that Um and so our ACL tearing like story is basically <laughs> a very redemptive story, in our um, I would say, in our life. And so um, just moved down about a year or so. Then I moved down to Nacogdoches, and I meet a couple different people here at the church, and we got plugged in immediately. And that was just, that was the best thing that could have happened. And so as we're moving forward, that's really what I'm hoping for as well.
0: That's cool. Well, I know, you know, as you're Uh, about to be moving. One of the things I've been, as I've been thinking about this podcast over last night I was laying in bed, I was thinking, what what am I going to ask these guys? (laughs) I I would love to know um, what it is that you gained during your time at Grace Bible Church that you're going to take with you now that maybe you hadn't had before something that that the Lord has taught you or whatever it is that you'll take now into your next step wherever you're going.
2: I think for me... um... One of the things that has meant the most to me is just the older men discipling into my life. Um, because like we, we literally started our marriage, like going to grace mm-hmm. and, um, and just being able to, um, just being able to be discipled by men like you and Bobby, Austin, Zach Martin, yeah. Drew Knowles, Brett Banner, like guys like that. I know I'm forgetting a ton of people. <laughs> but, You're going to be um, mad. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> but just how important that was for me personally, my relationship with the Lord, both my relationship with Molly. And um, like I just saw like obviously firsthand of just how important that was Um And so being able to still seek that out in Florida where we're going, but also being able to kind of step into that role in the coming years for, you know, younger newly married guys that I'm around or even non-married guys. But then, and then just the importance of community, like we've got a book we can write on just the, the ways that we've been blessed by different families here and different Mm -hmm. individuals and um, things we've witnessed, not only for us, but, the community at grace, like stepping up for others has just been so incredible. And, um, I mean, I'd love to find, a, I know we're probably not going to find, uh, something as good as here in Florida, but if we could find something close, we'd be, we'd be lucky. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't undersell that, you know, it's yeah. A, yeah. just like when you said we're in the world's Nacogdoches and, yeah. I, and, and Molly, your excitement of hearing that you're moving to East Texas, I just see it glowing off your face uh that's <laughs> sarcasm uh, <laughs> but the reality right that you're the church body that this oftentimes in our life is one of the later things that we think about you know we we think well i'm going to take a job or i'm going to go to school here and uh and then church becomes like uh, you know number 4 or 5 on the mm-hmm. list that that uh, matches in and then we kind of build it that way which is ironic because when we think about the stability of our life stability of our marriage stability of our family uh our church community, uh, the, the local church becomes the primary component of accountability and shepherding and all those things. And so there's no question as you all uh, move down to, to Bradenton, right, mm-hmm. uh, here soon that, uh, that the Lord's going to have a right fit for you all. But also, just like in the impact you've had here at Grace, uh, you all have been involved with uh, obviously small groups and helping to, to form and shape the small group mm-hmm. you're in now, uh, and the soup groups, You've had a an involvement with Refuge Ministry and our students. Uh, you've had a, a, an impact with uh, with our Connect Ministry, uh, and then just the leaning into intergenerational ministry and relationships that the Lord has used y'all in, and then just having a look around the room to see new people. Uh, that that travels, you know. <laughs> That's you know, character travels, as they say, and it's the same thing. The church that you're going to help shape, uh, where the Lord's leading y'all to, and the ministry you're going to be able to be a part of, and of course, all the young people's lives, y'all will be able to to, uh, to to play a role in as as the Lord wills. That's exciting, and yeah. uh, and that's that's a beautiful thing. As we know, we're not uh, we're not special, and, and way we're experiencing is special. Uh, but at the same time, we're not special because it's the same Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. He's the one doing a work in mm-hmm. us, and that's been neat to be able to see from my perspective too. And uh, being, we'll see how the Lord's working in your alls life. Uh, what would you say to <clears throat> so you're both? relatively young, you're in a season where you, where you've, uh, uh, young and married, not yet, uh, with children. So what would you say to people that are maybe coming out of college into that season, people that are engaged or looking to get married or just people that are in that, you know, twenties life, uh, you all have chosen to make the local church a a part of your, Mm -hmm. uh, your priorities. Uh, what would you say, and Molly, kind of start with you, to, to th- those people that, uh, that are maybe coming into the same season, what counsel would you give them?
3: Um, get plugged in as fast as you can. And mm-hmm. even if it's awkward and you're walking into a party not knowing anybody, just still go. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. You'll find somebody um, that impacted mm-hmm. me hugely here was Kim McGrath. There was a mm. um, Super Bowl party here. It was our like second week in town. And she just grabbed my hand and she walked me up to every <laughs> single person and said, this is Molly. She just moved here from Nashville. Mm. This, is, well, this is Molly. She just I didn't remember a single person that I met that day, but I remembered Kim. And that has stuck with me for a long time. And so I'm hoping I find mm. another Kim in Florida. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it's just, I would say in that season where you're so, like, especially if you're in a new place and you're craving that community, you need other people around you that are in the same season and Mm. also have already been through that season and that can give you good counsel. And so I would definitely just say, get plugged in, even when it's uncomfortable, Mm. because it makes a huge difference. Mm.
2: Yeah. I would say along the same thing, just, you know, don't, don't sit and let life like kind of don't wait for a time to jump in. Like, like Molly's saying, just jump in, like, serving here at Grace has been that's one of the things I'd say is like kind of get plugged in but serve you know um, your local church and I mean that's been for us we got we got really close with the Austins really quick because Molly and I jumped in helped out with refuge because um, they asked us to and then just through that we created so many relationships and then with the soup group and um, getting plugged in with a small group. Um, I mean that started with us the Hearst, the garas um, and the Hayes. And I mean, those are three of our closest couple friends that we've had this whole time. And um I mean, it's just because i we've seen people, including us, be able to plug in, be able to serve and just the explosion of community and friends kind of around us and um, it's been really cool to watch. But that's one of the things I would say is just don't don't sit by and kind of wait for an opportunity. Just jump in there and just to kind of see where the Lord takes you.
3: But I'll also add that it also makes you more aware when you've mm-hmm. gone through that season. It makes mm-hmm. you more aware of the people that might be in that same position. And so I do like a Cynthia Knowles thing where, you know, you're at church and you see a new couple that comes in and now I'm the awkward person that's like, Hey, (laughs) what's your name? You know, and it's normally a pretty uncomfortable conversation, but Mm. it ends up being okay. And then they get plugged in pretty quickly. And so Mm -hmm. it's just, it helps you to like get out, get outside yourself a little bit more and Mm -hmm. to be able to see people where they are. And because sometimes they don't have the courage sometimes to step into that.
2: One of the things I was thinking of this morning is, like, even the good ones, like, the first Sunday they came to church, like, we met them in 10 minutes and we asked Mm -hmm. them to go to lunch. And I was like, looking back, I was like, I wonder how weird that was for, like, we don't know you. Like, why are y'all asking us to come to lunch with you? Um, And I'm not saying that them staying in the church had anything to do with Molly and I, but just watching... What they've been able to do for Grace and the kids that they've brought in and the ministry that they've been able to cultivate, and mm-hmm. it just—it's because of the the like inviting atmosphere that Grace is able to provide. And so mm-hmm. that's one of the things I would encourage too is like Molly's saying, like be able to recognize other people in that situation and kind of seek them out and welcome them in.
1: Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, that's a lot of our faith, right? We've been forgiven much. We ought to forgive. We've been people who've received grace and peace. We ought to show grace and peace and, and aim for peace with others. And that's a little bit of what you've experienced. You experienced a component of hospitality. It sounds like you're, uh, Molly, the Lord's going to use you to be a uh, quickly maybe a Kim LaGraft or whatever <laughs> congregation you're going to be a part of in the future. And that's that same component. You were a mark of you experienced the awkwardness. You experienced somebody taking a courageous hospitality to an extent, uh, putting themselves on the line. And, and the worst case is that, you know, people are like, man, those people were way too kind. <laughs> like, <laughs> way too, and, and that's a, I think that's a, that's such a, a gift is there's so, you know, uh, there's a book called This Momentary Marriage and uh, and uh, there's several different type of marriage books and love and respect. There's a lot of different solid marriage books out there. But one of the ideas that scripture gives us is the responsibility if, uh, if a husband and wife and love and respect, or if the wife doesn't feel uh, loved and cared for, she's not going to desire to give respect and care uh, to her husband. Mm-hmm. And, the, and then if he doesn't feel respected, he's not going to show love and care. And it starts this kind of, it calls it the crazy cycle uh, and this kind of spiral. And, and the Lord puts the responsibility on the the husband to Lean into it and to stop and to lead by repenting and and uh, seeking forgiveness for that situation even happening, regardless of the details uh, therein. I think we see that with membership. Uh, we see that with the res- it's our responsibility. It's going to be awkward, or you know, there's not really a clear next step of who says what and what and what role. But it's our responsibility, regardless of our introverted, extroverted, whatever it is, to lean into the gap and say, yeah, I'll take a I'll take a next step toward you. You know, I'll I'll ask you out to eat. This might be weird, but. This might be amazing. You know, mm-hmm. it's, and who knows how the Lord will use this in our life. Um, so I'm grateful for y'all. And, and, uh, of course, you'll have tons of places to stay when you return and visit <laughs> Nacogdoches, uh, on trips and things like that. And you never know when you might return. You. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I do think that, you know, as we, as we kind of shift into thinking of this week of the Lord's plans and we, you know, the sovereignty and the goodness of God is something we can only measure uh, looking back, you know, and trusting in the present, but we are able to see some fingerprints of how the Lord worked and bringing you here and this being able to be a part of a season as you go into your next season of life and, uh, and to see, to hear of some families that are retiring or others that are continuing their career, but they're boomeranging back into the community. Uh, you you never know, not that that's Mm going to happen to y'all. Uh, uh, but it's just neat to see how the Lord works and that the Lord would privilege us to have this season of life and ministry together. When you read Paul's missionary accounts, and he's only in this town for a little while. Mm-hmm. He's in Ephesus for a couple of years only. And yet how they, you know, when they leave in Acts 20, he and the elders, they're, wo- they're crying together because mm-hmm. the bonds created in just a few years' time. Mm-hmm. And what a joy that God gives us to sharpen each other in the seasons of life. So we're grateful mm-hmm. for you all. And when we come to our text this week of Exodus chapter 1, verse 22 through chapter 2, verse 10, we see the plans of man set forth. And in this text... Uh, it's incredibly moving because Pharaoh is not deterred by the disobedience of the Hebrew midwives. He doubles down and comes up with another plan to kill uh, and exterminate the infanticide to to kill so many of the Hebrew boys, and yet the Lord mocks his plans. There's a verse that we're going to start off our uh, our sermon time in, in, uh, in Psalm 37, verse 12 and 13. It says, "...the wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes his teeth at him." But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he sees that his day is coming. And uh, what a picture of the beauty of setting our hearts before the Lord and him leading his believers in the peace that we have. And yet, unbelievers, those that don't yet know the Lord, that, that are, that are in, in dead in sin, they set their plans, and, and the Lord laughs at them. And so the difference of the peace that the believer has compared to the laughing foiling, that's what we'll see, all these different mm-hmm. s- scenarios that happen of how the Lord just totally makes a mockery of Pharaoh's plans and yet the peace and joy that you all have in this next step, uh, because you know, you're walking in the hands of the Lord. That's a mm-hmm. cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have been,
0: um, just a joy for our family to know. I know that, um, uh, when I first moved here, we had connections in Oklahoma mm-hmm. and, um, and that kind of helped us feel safe here too. You know, I kind of can help connect with you guys. I remember, I think maybe our first week here, we had lunch with you guys and you were part of welcoming mm-hmm. us as, even as moving here, as a, being a pastor here, it still helps to have, you know, a good connection, a good family here. And Molly, I have a fond memory of you holding Solomon in the most awkward <laughs> position, but he'd, he'd fallen asleep just, just like, like this at y'all's house. We were having a get-together, and um, I know that you guys will continue to be hospitable people in your next move. And, um, and as, as Brent just said, you know, I know that, um, that the Lord provides people in our lives for a specific season— uh, for a specific purpose, and you're going to go meet those next people uh, that the Lord is going to provide to you, and so we're grateful for His care, and uh, I'm grateful for the Lord's care to us yeah. through both of you guys, and so um, thank you all for for being here to share and uh, and spend a little time with us.
1: Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us.
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean it's just been a it's been a huge blessing the last three or four years at Grace and. Um, it was just kind of cool. I I went through two grad, two years of grad school here, um, where I periodically came to grace. I wasn't plugged in. Um, and then we were really plugged in after we got married the last three or four years and just the difference that that made and just being a part of this community. Like I said, we didn't think we were staying here. Now we couldn't imagine (laughs) having gone anywhere else. Mm And, um, as excited as we are for this next chapter, it's going to be really bittersweet leaving yeah. you all. Yeah. So you all have been a
1: blessing to us. Thank you. Well, you all will be at church on Sunday, and you'll be early yeah. as well to <laughs> <as> the service. <laughs> so what I want to encourage you all to do is uh, uh, so many of our, of our church family, uh, you all do know them. I want you to go and uh, just pray with them, encourage them, celebrate with them. And uh, even if you haven't met Chris Amoli yet, mm-hmm. use this Sunday as an opportunity before or after the service to uh, to come and, and give them a word of encouragement as they walk into this next step. It's going to be a, a sweet day together. It should to be a full day. We'll have baptism. It'll be a, it'll be a sweet time. Um, so uh, what a joy to sit down together. Yeah, church. We'll see you this Sunday.